Oh, man, what a show we have for you today. Welcome in a Wednesday edition of the program. It is the Power Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. Lots of different topics of conversation today, a variety of basketball topics. Man, what a win last night for Ball State men's basketball. It got interesting late, maybe a little too interesting, but a much-needed win uh, for Ball State last night and maybe their toughest of their, you know, going into last night, the remaining four games. So we'll dive in to that topic of conversation coming up in a little bit. Um, and Mick Tendrell, voice of the Cardinals, will stop by at 440 to break down what was a big night offensively leading up to an eight-point win for Ball State last night. Also, high school basketball sectional action. Yorktown moves on. Nice, smooth win in the second half against Centerville. I mean, they, they scored eight quick points after losing or after uh, leading not losing, leading by six at halftime and then kind of coasted to a nice, solid, high double-figure win. So Yorktown on to the semifinals in sectional number 24 at Newcastle. Their matchup on Friday will be Hamilton Heights, and we will cover that matchup coming up on Friday. And uh, tonight, uh, several area teams in action. That includes the uh, the Muncie Central Bearcats against Richmond coverage over on 96.7 and 102.9. Blake FM hits the airwaves at 5.30 uh, this evening. Also, video coverage there as well. Head to IHSATV.org slash Wolfboom to see all of that. Tonight, we have Wapahani and Lapel also in sectional number 40 in action. Man, that's going to be a heck of a matchup. Also, before that, Burris and Westdale play in that same sectional, sectional number 40. It is hosted at Alexandria tonight. If you want to see coverage of that tonight, uh, that Wapahani-Lapel matchup, it is over on our sister station, WHBU, 1240. AM and 101.7 FM if you want to tune on over to that or um, if you go to our portal and we mentioned this enough this year but we will now if you want to see some of those matchups over in Madison County as well we have those covered on WHBU through Wolfboom Radio TV IHSATV.org slash Wolfboom that same link will take you directly to our entire video boys basketball coverage of this tournament. I mean, it's it's vast. We've tried to tell you it's very, very vast. So uh, there are some really good matchups happening tonight around the area, and we'll have coverage of a couple of them right here on the program. Also, a little bit later on, we sat down for a conversation with Helen Pena, the head coach of Ball State Softball. That conversation played in the second segment of today's show. Really good, great conversation. A lot of different things because, you know, it's very much like baseball when we talked to Rich Maloney a couple of weeks ago. This out-of-conference schedule is very, very abnormal. Like, when you get to baseball and softball this time of the year, now today it's chilly. Earlier this week it was not. But you're heading to warmer climates. You're going down to Tennessee. You're going down to Georgia, Alabama, Florida. Heck, uh, down to the southern part of the United States to get warmer weather. And when you go to those sites, 
you're facing off against a lot of teams that are doing the exact same thing. And you're playing one game at a time against these opponents. Well, the difference is when you go to Mid-American Conference play, you're usually playing a three-game set over the weekend, very much like Major League Baseball would do as well. So the non-conference schedule, you get to see a lot of to see a lot of teams in a very short amount of time. The difference is you see, um, for instance, a Georgia State, but you see them, and then the next night you see Georgia Tech. Like, it's one game after one game after one game, which is what we're typically used to in a lot of sports, right? In softball and baseball, that's not the norm. Because when they get to Mid-American Conference play, they are most oftentimes playing three, four game sets against that same opponent, and you get to uh, go against pitcher number two or pitcher number three. Um, Not the case when you're playing these long tournament weekends. So, um... We ask about that to Helen Pena, the head coach of Ball State Softball, coming up here in a little bit, and uh, we'll we'll replay that conversation for you. They're headed uh, for a uh, long, long, long road trip, and long road trip as in it's spring break. So they leave tomorrow morning, and uh, they've got a lot of softball in a short amount of time. Ball State Softball 6-9 and so far this season. So a lot to lot to talk about, a lot to recap. A lot happened in college basketball last night. A win for IU over Wisconsin. I think Indiana fans, for the time being, felt pretty good about the way things looked last night. But what a win for Bull State um, needed. Now, um, it did not vault Bull State up to the eighth position in the Mid-American Conference Tournament because the other teams won in front, but but here's the difference. The difference would have been, you would have been two games back with three to play. That was a much-needed win. Ball State had a ridiculous second-half showing offensively. There was a point midway with about six minutes to play. They were 14 out of 18 in the second half of play. I mean, they could not miss. Mickey Pearson Jr. had himself a night with 25 points, 9 for 13 from the field. Ball State was shooting in like the mid-30s percentage-wise offensively in the first half. And then they got some things going at the end of the first half and certainly contributed to that uh, towards uh, the the first 15 minutes of the second half. They had an 18-point lead with about five minutes to play, something like that. And then it got down to five with under two to play. I mean, it got very interesting in a very short amount of time. And I, I imagine there were fans out there that said, here we go again. But uh, Ball State was able to make enough stops defensively, even not hitting really a field goal uh, late in that basketball game. And Central Michigan made a furious rally, and it was all for naught. Um, I'm sure there were some frustrations after the game, the way that they weren't able to close the game. But it's, it's kind of been typical uh, – for this basketball team. All that being said, that was a gigantic win last night, 79-71. And I'll tell you why it was a gigantic win, not just from the standpoint of what we just described in the Mid-American Conference Tournament because you're focusing on one game at a time right now. This is the first thing that I thought of last night, okay? Because for 35 minutes of the game last night, I kept thinking... 
the post-game press conference, the post-game interview on WMUN Radio after the game on Saturday, and a couple of those other ones that have slipped through your fingers like Miami of Ohio, like the Ohio game, like others, and the frustration that has shown a little bit from this coaching staff and what you hear from the players. You know, it's not like they feel defeated. It's that they feel like there's more that they can get out of this basketball team. And for whatever reason, the little mistakes and the little suggestions on how to move forward have not stuck. And you can you could kind of feel that building throughout the year with this basketball team and with head coach Michael Lewis, with post-game press conferences, the comments, all those different things. And, you know, we reacted to that earlier in the week, but it wasn't until last night that it kind of hit me. And I... I'm going to assume on this, and I want to be make that very clear, right up front, and maybe at some point, what will you know? We'll have Coach on and, and and talk a little bit about this. I think the frustrations come from the fact that because very similar to what happened last night, what happened last night was kind of like a, okay, so it is there. I feel like they know it's there. They know performances like that are very, very capable for this basketball team. I think they know that when they are all clicking together, when they make good decisions and they spread it around, they can have nights like last night. Now, offensively, they were just absolutely unconscious in the second half. They they made stops defensively. They rose that lead up to 18, 19 points. But what hit me... Last night after the game, and I didn't have a chance to uh, listen to the post-game radio um, or, or see the press conference details because we've been we've been running around all day today. That being said, I just wonder, and maybe this is the way I should have presented it. Just so you know, I should have presented it this way. They, um, they, I think know that that capability is there with this basketball team that they are very much, they have the talent and the ability to do what they did last night. It was, that, that, that was a major win from a couple of standpoints, but one, that's the thir- that was the third team in the MAC. That was a team that over the last couple of weeks has been on the doorstep of being the second or first team in the Mid-American Conference and had they won that Miami of Ohio game on Saturday, they could have been tied heading into last night's game for the number two seed in the Mid-American Conference tournament. That is a really good basketball team last night. I don't care if they were injured. I don't care who was in or out or whatever the case may be. You went into their house and had them shell-shocked with six to five minutes to play. And that was one of those moments where you sit there and you're like, it's there. And by the way, let me, let me make this clear as well. We talk about game in and game out, the usage and the amount that is depended upon Bashir Jihad. But I'm here to tell you, last night it was the, it was the surrounding players that absolutely made the difference. We talked about Pearson Jr. He was fantastic last night. Davion Bailey had a nice night. Jalen Anderson had a nice night. And Bashir Jihad was the fourth leading scorer on this team last night. 
I don't know if there's been many wins, if any, where Bashir Jihad was the fourth leading scorer. You know, you're talking about guys, Mickey Pearson shot over 50% from the floor, Davion Bailey shot 50%, and Jalen Anderson shot just under 50%. Those three guys combined were shooting like 55 60% last night, and Bashir Jihad had eight shot attempts last night. This was a well-rounded performance. It wasn't the, hey, let's see how much, you know, how much Bashir Jihad can carry us. And I've been clear from the very start, and we talked about this all year long, when you have a guy in Bashir Jihad that you can go into every matchup and say, we have a mismatch problem. What are you going to do, put a big on him? Put a smaller guy on him? What are you going to do? Are you going to double team him? Okay, but... I wonder if they've been making other teams pay for as much attention as Bashir Jihad gets. And last night, they absolutely made the other team pay. No question about it. And, you know, you get 25 from Mickey. You get 18 from Davion Bailey, 14 from Jalen Anderson, and 13 from Bashir Jihad. Those four players are your core players, and man, oh man, uh, did they play spectacularly, not just on the offensive end, but there were moments there with about, you know, seven, eight minutes to play where this the team defense was really good. I mean, really good. And then it got a little hairy down the stretch. It did. Got a little... Well, sideways down the stretch of the second half, and you you closed it out. And if you're a Ball State fan, I'm sure you had a little bit of a sigh of relief because you've seen some of these leads kind of slip through your fingers, but they were able to shut the door last night. And so I, I just thought about the, the frustration that you could clearly kind of sense that the frustration isn't from a standpoint of, I can't believe, you know, we, we, we are just not very good. And, and I think some of that came into, came into play that in certain standpoints, like, we're not very good. And, you know, that's kind of the, the response that Michael Lewis had in the postgame press conference on Saturday, basically saying, you know, uh, you guys are focusing on the MAC tournament. You know, uh, we're focusing on one game at a time. And if we get there, we're not, we're not even close to those other teams right now. But I think all that frustration, I, I, I'm, assu- I, I'm thinking that that frustration comes from a little bit of a place with what you saw last night. What you saw last night was a team that, again, where do those frustrations come from? It's like it is there. It is absolutely there. And, you know, I got to tell you, We've been talking a little bit about this. Like, you have two guards that are very, very capable. You have a, a player in Bashir Jihad that does does his thing. Are you thin? Yes. Are you playing six players? Yes. I mean, last night, you had two guys off the bench, one in Ben Hendricks that only played six minutes, so really you were playing a six-man rotation, yet you still dominated the basketball game. You did. You can win this way. Absolutely you can. I mean, if you look at Central Michigan, they went – really seven deep they had a player off the bench that played one minute so for the majority of the game they played seven deep I mean you kind of played seven deep last night so you you can you can play that way absolutely you can so that had to be just an absolutely fantastic feeling last night from that standpoint now here's the other part and I know it it feels like we've been through the same song and dance the last two and a half weeks 
Ball State wins. We talk about the opportunities ahead. They have a tough loss. We talk about, oh, my gosh, it's urgency moment. They come back and win. We say, oh, my gosh, the opportunities ahead. Then they have a tough loss, and we do the same thing. And now we're back to, wow, what a big win. What a positional win that is for your Mid-American Conference tournament hopes. But this one is definitely different. And the reason why that's the case, that is by far your best win in Mid-American Conference play. And of going into last night, your four games remaining, it was the highest rated team that you will play the rest of the way in the Mid-American Conference. And oh, by the way, two of the three to end the season are teams A, that are right above you, a game ahead of you, and they're at Worthen Arena. Now, the, the crazy thing about that is this. That is Ball State's fourth win in five wins in conference play this season that they've won away from Worthen Arena. Strange, right? I mean, incredibly strange compared to what they were at Worthen Arena in non-conference play. I mean, they were darn good at home. Uh, the the um, you know the they uh, let's see um, they did not lose at home in non-conference play. Their losses came at Evansville, at Little Rock, neutral court against Indiana State, at Minnesota. And since that point, they have only had one win at home in Mid-American Conference play. Strange, right? Incredibly strange. But as we talked about probably a week ago, in the final three games of the season, it does set up well. You've already beaten Western Michigan away from home. You have them on Saturday. You have Kent State at home on Tuesday. Never easy, but you have those games at Worthen Arena. Then you go to Bowling Green to finish the season. It sets up well. I mean, it sets up well in the regular season. You're not in right now. You have the opportunity to do so. That didn't get you in, but uh, it's, I mean, Every game down the stretch is vital. It kept you in position because had you lost last night, you would have been two back with three games to play. Uh, you guys can all do the math on that. You would have needed a ridiculous amount of help. So, again, one game at a time. You know, I, I, Ball State absolutely outplayed Central Michigan last night. They did. So, it's there. Can they find the consistency to do it again? Um, and I know stacking wins back-to-back, -back, uh, Ball State has only done that once in Mid-American Conference play, and that was when they beat Buffalo on the road, and then they beat Northern Illinois at home. They've only had back-to-back -back wins once since they did it back in non-conference play when they had three in a row, Bellarmine, Detroit Mercy, and at SIU East. So it's not... It's not been easy from that standpoint, but once again, I know it sounds like a broken record. You are in position to do that again with three games to play. You are in position. So thanks to those of you joining us on Facebook Live. We'll talk more about it with uh, Mick Tidrell, voice of the Cardinals, coming up a little bit later on in the show. He was on the call for Mount Pleasant last night. When we come back, we'll play a conversation we had with Helen Pena, the head coach of Bull State Softball. That's next on The Power. Talk amongst WMUN. Welcome back into the show. It's the power on a Wednesday here on the Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. As always, brought to you by Walls Furniture and Mattress, Nebo Road in Muncie online, wallsfurniture.com. 90% of what's on the showroom floor in stock for you, 48 hours or less. That's the Walls Furniture and Mattress difference on Nebo Road in Muncie and online at wallsfurniture.com. As we head to our Ball State Coaches Corner of the Week, it's always brought to you by the 1925 Pub House at the Courtyard 
Morgan. We're glad to be joined by the softball coach at Ball State University, Helen Pena, with us as the softball team has been in action since the uh, early part of February and head to another uh, tournament um, as well coming up this weekend. Well, Coach, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy. You start on February the 9th. You're 15 games in already, and we're not done with the month of February. Um, this is just kind of uh, the world of softball and college softball in the early parts of the season, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a long, um, growing season at times, especially with, you know, how many away games that we have to start the season. But um, we're built for it, you know. Um, we're not the only ones that do this. So, I mean, it's been a fun process so far. Um, so now it's just about taking it one game at a time. So, so curiosity's sake, uh, when you get into these early kind of tournament, um, you see one team, you know, theoretically today, you see a different team tomorrow and, uh, and so on and so forth through uh, when, when you have these kind of, um, you know, consolidated one game at a time type of deals. Your philosophy as coach, and maybe it's a balance, is it more focusing on yourselves and learning about your team in these situations or is it kind of taking what the opponent has? Like what's the best case scenario with your team through the first 15 matchups that you've taken these opportunities as? Well, I would say the majority of it is trying to focus on us. You know, I believe um, us as coaches, we scout really well. Um, we we want to be the most prepared coaches on the field. But in the same breath, you know, we, we want to play a, a faceless name. So whoever's across the way from us, they still have to throw it um, across the plate. They still have to play catch. So the focus is on us. You know, if, if we play our game right, if we come out with energy, we focus on our process goals, um, and we compete one pitch at a time, then we're going to be okay. Um, now, how we approach certain teams like that's where we kind of work with the athletes on the approach side and what to expect. But when it comes to execution and uh, playing our game, that's, I mean, that's really what, at the end of the day, that's what the message is. So uh, through the first 15 matchups, Coach, what have you learned most about this particular group? Um, they're fun to watch. They have a lot of energy. Um, you know, the will to want to win is definitely there. Um, and we're just trying to get better every single weekend. You know, we want to be able to replicate the success that we have each weekend, but then also learn from our failures, learn from our mistakes and let that mold us um, each and every week so that we're getting better throughout the season. Well, and, and here's what, what's kind of interesting. It's Helen Pena, the head coach of Ball State Softball with us. Power Talk Amonsi, the new WMUN. So you're 6-9, and nine, and I just looked at your schedule here, and five of those nine losses have been decided by two runs or less. In a weird way, Coach, is that a good thing for your team to see all those different opportunities, and especially the ones that have been close, that this is a part of the season where you can learn from those experiences for later in the season and in the Mid-American Conference schedule? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I feel like when we talk about the details of the game and um, just what we can focus on, a lot of those one to two run games are 
just small little things that we could have done better, that we could have adjusted faster, um, that we didn't capitalize on. And so, you know, it's about realizing, okay, this is an area that we need to get better at. Um, So we attack that during the week. And the best thing that I've seen so far is that we've grown from the first weekend into the second and then into the third. We were we were, you know, executing what our plan was. We were executing the process goals a lot better. And so, I mean, they're open-minded, you know, they, they're they hungry for knowledge and they're, they're hungry to get better. And so that's the fun part about coaching this team is that their drive is there. Now we just have to fix some of the details so that we can overcome some of those one to two run games. It's Helen Pena, the head coach of Ball State Softball with us on the power and talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. Our conversation every single time on the Ball State Coaches Corner is brought to you by the 1925 Pub House at the Courtyard. Coach, for, for those that haven't had a chance to uh, maybe follow along with your team so far this season, they will have that opportunity coming up uh, when Mid-American Conference play uh, begins for sure. But describe this team in, in, in this way. Are you, a, are you a balanced team or is there a strength on the pitching side, lineup side that uh, you feel like at this point of the year is going to lead you to to victories at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I think we're um, we have a very strong dynamic offense. Um, I think we've got multiple key players there that can do do some damage, but also be like a spark plug for us. Um, but you know. Pitching has to keep us in the ball game in order for our offense to overcome. Um, so really, those two pieces working together, and then you know our defense just being able to make the routine plays. If, if we have that going on, then we're going to be just fine. Well, coach, I, I know the early part of the season is so interesting, and uh, we we talked about this with Rich Maloney, the baseball coach, a couple of weeks back. But you know, not only are you seeing a lot of different teams from different conferences, and it's you know one game at a time here, and then there. There's sometimes like you had this past weekend where you had back-to-back games against Kennesaw State and back-to-back against Georgia Tech. But really, when you get into the meat of your conference schedule, it's you know three, four-game series with the same exact team. So from a preparation standpoint on your side, when you're seeing one team, one game at a time in most cases, how does that change the approach uh, from your preparation and the team's preparation? Um, really just trying to keep it simple. You know, if, if, if they're just seeing us one time, um, then really just making sure that we're attacking um, early on. I feel like when we, when our mentality is aggressive on any side of the ball, whether it's, you know, in the circle, whether it's on defense or in the box hitting, you know, when the other team makes a mistake, we, we have to jump on it. We have to capitalize on it. And then we, like, I want us to be the aggressors um, to make teams have to be on their heels a little bit. You know, when we do that, I feel like we have been successful. Coach, you know, through the first 15, and I know you've still got um, a couple of weekends coming up where you, you, you have um, the, the, the out-of-conference play where it's a lot of teams in a short amount of time. Would you describe one performance so far that you would say, hey, that's kind of the performance that we want this team to be when we get to Mid-American Conference play, or has it been a combination of different moments throughout multiple games so far this season? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's multiple at this point. I mean, 
um, our series against Kennesaw State, I feel like, you know, we, we really did it all. We we attacked with our bats. We were able to pitch well in the circle. We were able to make the routine plays and then even some above average and um, elite plays. But um, And then Georgia Tech, you know, same thing. If, if we do one or two things a little bit different, then we beat them. And their offense right now is very potent. And so I feel like we did – a lot of good things there, you know, and going into Mac play again, it's just about growing every single weekend. And so, you know, I feel like we haven't even touched the surface of what we're capable of. Um, but if we learn and adapt and grow from each weekend, then we're going to be just fine when it comes to Mac play. Tellin Pena, the head coach of Ball State Softball with us on the Power Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. This conversation brought to you by the 1925 Pub House at the Courtyard. Coach, just a couple of more uh, for First things first, um, is there still a part, you know, being being a uh, first-year head coach with this program, yet th- through 15 games, um, and is there a, a process of the team learning you, you learning the team, um, and, and that's why non-conference play is going to be so valuable to your team um, that's going to make you better for Mid-American Conference play, Coach? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're, you know, we're always learning from one another. Um, I feel like the work that we did in the fall, like that's truly what sets us up for success in the springtime. So that's the relationships, that's being able to connect with one another, um, knowing how to respond to each other and, and and how to bring the best out of one another as well. So. I feel like all that work that we did in the fall laid the foundations um, for us, you know, even if we're doing well or for not doing so well, um, knowing who each other are and, and how we can help each other to be at our best when our best is needed. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it's a constant learning, but I feel like all the work that we did in the fall has laid a foundation for um, us to go through the ups and downs of the season. Well, Coach, you mentioned something earlier in the conversation about how fun this team is and that uh, that seems, if I'm assuming correct, that this is a great bond uh, of this team to have fun. Now, that chemistry, when you're going to some of these tournaments um, outside of the area, you know, you've been in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, you've been in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Florida, the chemistry and the bonding of having those fun moments on and off the, the, the field, um, how much does that translate on both ends that that, hey, like you mentioned, to kind of go through tough moments or go through success, that that chemistry bond is so important in the early parts of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge because, one, you have to know each other's um, – melting points if you will you have to know each other's um like how to you know obviously bring the best out of one another but the chemistry part of it is is definitely built off the field you get to see it on the field right so that trust and openness and responsibility towards one another that happens off the field and um to me it just shows how well you're connected um, on the field because you built it off the field. So, and that's truly, again, that's another fall thing that it's a, it's a foundation that has to be laid so that um, you can play well together and you know how to lead one another. Um, And just like, again, the ups and downs of the season, it's such a long season that if you don't have that, you know, then things can get rocky. So 
I think they've definitely bought into that process of um, building one another up and encouraging one another um, and just trying to be really good teammates. Well, Coach, uh, final one here. Um, this is the longest road trip of the year, and that's on purpose because you have you have trips to Kentucky, Tennessee, and West Virginia. This is the spring break trip. So you leave uh, what I was told by Brad Caudill bright and early in the morning and uh, take, take a little tour of the Midwest in a way <laughs> with a lot of softball in between. But um, I would imagine with the spring break, and again, you've got a lot of great matchups coming up. You're going to be at Eastern Kentucky first, have a uh, two-game set with East Tennessee State and then you head to the Marshall March Madness in Huntington, West Virginia where Notre Dame and Indiana State and others will be there but also in the in-between that that long trip this is another kind of building off of what we talked about uh, with chemistry Uh, the in-between stuff is this so vital for your team the matchups and the the off the field stuff as well Absolutely. I mean, this is our last go until we get into MAC play. Um, so it's really just trying to piece it all together and, um, all, like, obviously have some fun, like, on the side because, you know, they're a great group. They're a fun group. And so just really wanting to give them a really good experience um, on this next trip and prepare us for MAC play. Outstanding. It's uh, Helen Pena, the head coach of Ball State Softball, with us on the Power Talk of Muncie, the new. WMUN they head on a long road trip with a lot of softball in between Richmond Kentucky their first uh, site as they have five games in a three day stretch coach it's been fun to follow along early on in the season best of luck in this long road trip and look forward to talking to you soon Thanks, Mark. That is Helen Pena from Ball State Softball, brought to you by the 1925 Pump House of the Courtyard. Look, they have something for everyone in the 2023 quest for the best. Uh, They were six-time medalists. So truly, they do have something for everyone. Families, you want to come and watch the game, a Ball State game. Uh, They have that available. Best all-around restaurant voted uh, by the community in Muncie's quest for the best gold medal winners, gold medal winners for best sports bar. And then one of the best burgers and tenderloins. They truly have something for everyone. Check them out in downtown Muncie at the Courtyard Marriott. Also a location in Anderson at Grandview Golf Club. That is the 1925 Pump House. All right, when we come back, we'll have Mick Tidrow, voice of the Cardinals with us. That's after this. Power Talk of Muncie, WMUN. Jason at 747-7100 today. Well, big win last night for Ball State Men's Basketball, and we're glad to be joined by the voice of the Cardinals, Mick Tidrow, um, that was um, that had a lot of everything in it, Mick. Last night, uh, for with six minutes to play, you're like, well, that was a pretty cruising victory. And then it got interesting. Then you closed it out, and then you like had a sigh of relief, right? Yeah, Mark. Appreciate you having me on as always. And it was it was one of those games where um, 18 point lead with six and a half to go. You feel comfortable. You feel confident, and. Then Central Michigan is did what it, it's basically done all year to show the resilience and the toughness. And, um, the the defense started to show up for the the Chippewas and Ball State fought through it. They got just enough from that defense at the end to to hang on and hit a couple free throws there. But what a what a statement type of win because of course where Ball State's at, but also to do it on the road against a team that is one of the best defensive teams in the conference and put up 79 points. It's a good showing, and shout out to Mickey Pearson Jr. for a new career high in points and being able to help lead the charge, especially in the first half. Davion Bailey hit a couple of clutch threes 
and the rest of the team came together too. So it definitely was one of those ride the wave for a minute, up up, up a couple points, and then uh, it turns turns the other way. And Central Michigan takes an eight point lead or six point lead at one point, and then Ball State comes back. So. Yeah, a little bit of everything in that one. Yeah, no question about it. And look, um, uh, you've been a part of uh, pretty much all of these uh, games throughout the season. And, you know, um, this win resembled itself a little bit different than the other ones that we've seen. You know, Bashir Jihad's been your leading scorer all year long. It's pretty typical to see him as your leading scorer or your second leading scorer. Can you recall a game this season that Ball State's won, non-conference or conference, where Bashir Jihad was your fourth leading scorer? I don't think so, Mark. And that is a really good testament of how well that team played yesterday yes, offensively. Yes. And, and, and that speaks volumes. And you're right. Like, there hasn't been very many cases where that's happened. And I, I love that that can happen and Ball State can win. Right? Like, if Bashir's being double teamed, he was being doubled up and then triple teamed at certain points of the game and he had four assists in the first half he was finding open players that that's the development mark in an offense when you have your leading score in the post what can happen when they get double teamed Bashir flashed that skill set yesterday he, he showed the passing ability to hit the wings hit the guards and and make things uh, roll a little bit a little bit smoother so from that standpoint to have that be the case it's a really good thing yeah no question about it there was a point I believe with five or six minutes to play I was watching uh the 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 telecast and I just did my own quick math I think Ball State in the second half up to like the six minute point of the second half was 14 for 18 from the field something ridiculous like that (laughs) yeah it was. They had a stretch mark where they made 24 field goals at a 32 attempt in that game. <laughs> oh, like they had a stretch <laughs> was just absurd. Yeah, and they were able to put together that run that takes that 18 point lead. And there were there were stretches of that game too where Ball State didn't score for four minutes, and Central Michigan wouldn't score for four minutes. Then yeah. Ball State would score 10 points in a minute and a half, and you're like, what is happening in, in this game? Yeah. But yeah, the, the efficiency during sections of that game change the complexion of it well and I think early on like the first 10 minutes of the game wasn't Ball State shooting like low 30s in the percentile like I mean it it was almost like a light switch where it just kind of clicked and it never really stopped until the six minute point of the second half yeah they started one for nine from three and then they hit four (laughs) the next five and it was just like all right there it is light bulb moment that's the that's the max best three-point shooting team right there coming back to life and it was it was a sight to see, and it was really good because everybody was was contributing within that um, that 24 made field goals and 32 attempts during that stretch. It was everybody. You had, you had Nikki, you had Bashir getting in there, Jalen, Davion. Um, it was really the cohesive offensive effort there. It's Mick Tidgell, voice of the Cardinals, with us. Ball State men's basketball, big win. Uh, last night, uh, 79-71 over Central Michigan. Um, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. So um, I heard uh, uh, Coach Lewis on your postgame on Saturday and then uh, subsequently the, the postgame press conference and a couple others throughout the year. I was on my way down to Gamebridge Fieldhouse for the girls' basketball state finals uh, last mm-hmm. weekend, and I, I just wanted to like get a chronicle of – different moments that have been almost growing pains for this team and the frustration that was felt on Saturday and then after last night 
I, I kind of thought about this, Mick, and I, I, I'm curious what you think about this. Like, the frustration, you're obviously reacting into the moment. But after last night, and, and I didn't get to hear the post game, so you might, might have perspective on this with, with Coach, but I'm starting to think that frustration of the growth and some of the mistakes as they take steps back and maybe not apply mistakes earlier in the year, and they're not, you know, not when you make a mistake, you don't want to do it again. I think the frustration of last Saturday comes from a point of when you have a performance like this, it's like this has always been there. It's not that they're frustrated that they're slipping and this team's not very good. I think the frustration comes from they know like last night they're capable of doing. Was there like a point of that last night and when you heard that on Saturday from Coach that you felt that way as well? And again, I'm, I'm just assuming, but that's kind of how it felt last night. Yeah, I mean, you can look back. That's a great question, Mark. You can track back to the Toledo game, the Akron game, the first Central Michigan matchup, the the first Miami matchup, and and see that they were in every single one of those games. And it has nothing to do with uh, the the abilities and the talents of these players because we've seen it and you know where they're at. But you're right. It's it's a situation of just being able to to finish at the end of those games and, and put it together. And we saw that against Central Michigan. Yeah, they, they went from an 18-point lead down to six at one point, but then pushed it back up and, and won by eight. So, yeah, I, I think the, the frustration is, is definitely like we know what we're capable of. Let's play at that level every single game and not have that not be the standard, you know, if that makes sense. I think there's, yeah. the, there's, that, there's that conscious awareness and the, the overall feel like with Coach Lewis – after the post game yesterday, he was super proud of the guys. He's like, we can't let those games slip away from us as it almost did. But he's like, super proud of the guys for resi- being resilient. We have some things we got to clean up and look at. But um, yeah, like just the the overall feeling of that is we can we can win these types of games. We can win these types of games because we've proven that we've been in the games. It's just about closing those out. And yesterday, Mark, could you, you never? You, you have to look at this after the season's over. But you could look at yesterday as maybe being a springboard in what in yeah. some capacity. And I don't want to put what that is on this, but it feels like a game like that helps reshuffle things a little bit in a positive direction. Whatever that direction looks like, last night's win was big. Yeah, yeah, and the reason I bring that up, I've been around, you know, coaches that um, have flat out told me, hey, we're missing this, and this is why we're losing. Hey, we're just not good enough. But the comments that I heard from Coach over the last couple of weeks is like the frustration is because it's like we, we, we've got – maybe they don't have – everything they need no team has everything they need but they have enough of what they need and yet it's not progressing the way they thought and then they have a performance like last night and I go back to those comments and I'm like I think that frustration came from the fact of they know they can do what they did last night right and that's that's speaks to the testament of where they're at and the, the ability for this team to fight with being so young and so new to be able to, to go in and say those kind of things and, and have that confidence and that overall awareness is, is a big stepping stone and is a big piece of, of being able to win at the next step. So, yeah, man, I think, I think that it's been there and it flashed from the very beginning of the season with the win against Old Dominion in that crunch time. Yeah. It, it's flashed in, in those games where they had Akron on the ropes and Central Michigan the first go-round and Miami the first go-round. So, yeah, there's so much you can unpack within this. But at the end of the day, like, 
teams that play all these close games are going to break through. They're going to break through. Yeah. When is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? And Ball State got to that yesterday, and that's exciting. That's really exciting. And like you said, with your best score going into the game being your fourth best, and then your defense doing what it needed to do, like those are all good signs. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good feeling. Pretty good feeling. 30 seconds here, McTidgel, voice of the Cardinals. Uh, Ball State women's basketball tonight against Akron. Of course, tough result over the weekend against Toledo. But again, you keep playing. Don't know what's going to happen at the top. Uh, this matchup against Akron tonight, uh, in your opinion, in 30 seconds. Yeah, Mark, it was an overtime game the first time they met up in Akron. And this is one of those opportunities, a bounce-back moment for Ball State. Started 11-0 in conference. I've uh, lost a couple here in the last last couple of weeks. Really big chance to get back into the win column, right the ship. And what we've seen from from this group, especially at home, that's that's what's happened. So a big yeah. chance for them to bounce back after a tough loss. McTidgel, voice of the Cardinals, Ball State women's basketball on the air here on WMUN tonight. Hey, thanks, my friend. Have a good rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you, Mark. Thank you so much, as always, and go Cards. That's uh, McTidgel, voice of the Cardinals with us. Great stuff from him. Great stuff from everybody today. What a what a loaded show. We are back with you better than ever tomorrow at 4 o'clock right here on the Tonka Muncie, the new WMUN.